Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting show of the About That Wallet podcast. I have an awesome guest who has been around for quite some time and really loves and enjoys talking about money. And I have the honor to bring this guy back, actually, for the first time. But I've known you for so long, it just kind of feel like, you know, we've been talking uh, around each other for quite some time. The same topics, but it's good to see uh, that you stand in the money space. Uh, welcome to the show, Jahan. Thank you, brother. How you feeling today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That's so <laughs> if you can, just for the guests, just let us, uh, everybody know a little bit about yourself um, and what your money story is. All right. Uh, my money story. Uh, my name is Jahan Owens, uh, married to beautiful Ashley Owens, two kids, Harlem Owens and Malcolm X. Um, went to City College. That's where we met. You yep, know, yep. that's how school in the world. And uh, from there, journey to Baltimore City Community College. From Baltimore City Community College, went to Frostburg State University. Uh, came home 2000 and, shoot, what is that? 2000 and, I was 24. So my journey was a little longer than most. You know, I played a little bit in college. But um, oh, we've been there. I'm with you. <laughs> um, I had a little bit too much fun. Came home. And I really didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do. I was working for one of my homeboys, making good money, um, working around the clock, uh, actually driving trucks for Dunkin' Donuts. And um, again, didn't didn't know what I wanted to do. I was making good money still at home. Uh, and I was introduced uh, to a company where I started learning about money. They taught me, they taught, they put me on a path as far as money, right? And that was like the, out of all the six years I was in college, man, that was the education that I, I wish I would have had prior to, you know, but I probably wasn't even ready for it then. Uh, I started so learning. so um, before we, we go on that one, can you talk a little bit like how that conversation started? Was it like, were you in the mindset for it or did it just randomly happen? Um, the guy sat me down and he went over a presentation and he taught me the rule of 72. I had never heard of the rule of 72. Uh, and if you know, for the guests that's listening, the rule of 72 shows you how fast it'll take your money to double. And when he showed me, he showed me how fast it will take your money to double. So all you do is you divide whatever interest rate that you're getting by 72. So if you're getting a 1% interest rate on a savings account, and most of us aren't getting that, it, that means it's going to take your money 72 years to double, right? Right. And this is what got me. When he showed me that, I Googled it. Because I didn't, you know, I don't know, I didn't know this guy. Yeah. I Googled it and I saw that he wasn't lying. But the, the biggest thing was when I was in college, a year before, I had opened up a CD. Opened up a CD at a local credit union. And the reason I did it is because I was getting big refund checks every year, like some of us, right? And I was blowing the money. So this year I said, hey, it was actually my junior year. I said, I'm gonna do something smart with this money. I'm gonna put it up. And one of my the one of my favorite people in my family i'm not gonna say who it was but they told me to open up a cd mm -hmm. right this person loved me there's no doubt they loved me they just didn't know anything about money right and broke people help other people get broke right. <laughs> she gave me broke advice and i opened up a cd the cd they was bragging is going to be less than one percent and that's what it took me back to when he showed me the rule of 72. So I did the exact same thing 
you know, that he was telling me. And I'm like, man, you know how many people don't know about this? He broke down insurance to me. And I'm like, man, you know how many people don't know this? And he told me the difference between a whole life and a term policy. And most, and I had a, a, I had a whole life policy with that same credit union. So when he showed me that, I was like, I just got to, I said, just give me a day. And I went home to my parents and they told me don't do it. And, you know, I was like, man, the hell with this. I'm doing it. Because I needed, I, one, I wanted to know how money worked. And then he just, he's going to show me about business. I didn't have anybody in my family that was in business. And I knew I wanted my own business. One, because I was working for one of my homeboys. And I saw, you know, I saw the, the benefits of having your own business. So that's how I got on the journey of, of finances. And I've always been a reader. So once I started, you know, in that field, I still had to make sure that these people were telling me the truth. So I started reading. I just started, you know, diving into finances. And, um, you know, what, seven, eight years later, I, I, I jumped on credit. But that's that's how I got started. Wow. And um, this person that uh, got you started for this presentation, do you actually still reach out to him now? Oh, man. We like right. this. <laughs> it was, what, again, I was 24. It was 13 years ago, man. I, that was... That's that's a whole new family that I, I you know, a, a whole new family. So, yes, oh. I, I definitely uh, still talk to them to this day. Their birthday was just a couple of days ago in May, end of May. I was, that's when last time I talked to them. Wow. So it just took that one pivotal conversation. Um, and the reason why I asked that question on what type of uh, mindset you were when you received that presentation is because uh I was having an open discussion with one of my mentors and they were talking about how to reach the people who um, who aren't in that same mind space. So say if uh, you see somebody that's, you know, you know, just giving them that little bit of information could take them so much further, but either they don't talk like you, they don't walk like you or in that same mind space. Um, how do you actually reach those people to kind of bring them to the level of understanding that, hey, you know, if you just take this little bit of information and just run with it, like mm -hmm. you could do so much, uh, not do better, but you can open up your mind to to different avenues. So you asked me, how do you reach them? Uh, yeah, how like, well, how, do, how do you reach <laughs> I give them the information and I, I go from there. Again, okay. before, we, before we got on this call, talking to another lovely family member and him and I always talk. He's younger and he, mm. he listens to me, but he listens in his own time. Like all of us do. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like at that moment I was ready, you know? So all you can do is drop the seeds. All you can do is do the podcast and eventually they'll stumble upon it. And if they are ready, they'll listen and they'll start going further in it. Um, but you can't, you, you can take the, what they say, you can take the, the water, the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. Right. All you can do is give it to them and, and let them go from there. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that you did um, a couple talks inside some of the schools. Uh, can you talk about that? How that, that went? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> um, it was just, it was just because they were young, they were immature, and... The school that I went to, um, it wasn't, they weren't built for that. You know, if, if I would have went to city, mm -hmm. it would have been completely different. You know, they would have been respectful. They would have been open. 
you know, to listening. Now, I feel like, you know, because I'm a little younger and that was a few years ago also, you know, I, I, I try to bring it to them to their level. And I did. I, I grabbed a few of them. But when it's only five or six of y'all, you know, compared to a room of 30. And then, you know, and I kudos to all teachers <laughs> because, man, I, I couldn't do it. But it was just so many distractions that these kids, you know, had. And who knows what they going, what's going on outside of the home, man. I, I tell you, I thank God for City because, it, you know, it was a different environment than what most of us, you know, in, in our neighborhoods come from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I taught them, I was teaching them about budgets. You know, I think that's one of the foundations to finances. And I asked the kids, I said, hey, how much are you guys worth in the marketplace? And, you know, they didn't understand. Like, in the marketplace, what are you talking about? I said, well, how much is somebody going to pay you to work? And I don't remember what it was, maybe like $7 and some change back then as far as minimum wage. But, you know, I did seven times 40. And I said, well, this is what you guys are worth right now. And, you know, whatever that number was, you know, I showed them what their check was for the month. And I said, well, let's figure out your life. And I broke it down, you know, to the basic things. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking them, hey, well, how much do you, your, your parents eat? How much do your parents, you know, buy for food? What's gas and electric? And we broke it down to where they could see that they were struggling, you know. And again, I'm dealing with all these distractions, you know, while I'm going through. So I'm, I'm still pushing through because some of them got it. And one kid I'll never forget said, she said, damn, I'm going to have to get a second job, <laughs> you know. Right. All I was looking to do is 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 show them and like, hey, this is what you guys are worth now. So eventually I got to the conversation, like, what can you do to increase your value in the marketplace? And you know, they start talking about school and I can do this, I can do that, trades and things of that nature. And I just tried to help the teacher out, like, look, this is why y'all need to listen to this teacher. This is why you need to get an A, you know, just so you can increase your value in the marketplace. You know, so um Again, it was a struggle. I left out of that school that day with a headache. Right. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully, I, I don't know. I haven't met any of the kids, you know, but it was it was rough, man. I'm not even going to lie. Can't pay oh. me to be a teacher. Not that yeah. kind of teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, it, it brings to light that um, the importance of teaching, because that's one of the things that I actually graduated with as my undergrad was in elementary education. And <laughs> to actually reach all the minds where they at, it is a difficult task, but the main thing that stuck out to me was implicit differentiation of education. So when you provide that information is how can you diversify it, but in a way that everybody gets it, um, which is always one of the things that a lot of teachers struggle, even some of the senior teachers struggle with. Um, but with that particular training in that education is kind of how um, I'm trying to approach this podcast in the same way. And going through listening to what you said and the questionings that you had, I just kind of curious, is that something that you're willing to do again or try again to another school or another audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love teaching, man. I okay. love, but I, it, I'm not as naive. Gotcha. And meaning I would have to go into the right situation because, you know, I don't want to go through that dealing with the behavior side. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of my best friends, he's a principal. I would go to his school every day because I know the leadership and I know, you know, that trickles down, you know, throughout the whole school. So I know I wouldn't be dealing with um, some of the things that other people are dealing with. 
Right. So, yeah, as far as just teaching the information, ah, man, I, I love it. Because, and again, I know we don't know it. Yeah. So that, and that's my passion is teaching. But I don't want to, I don't want to be a correction officer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but that goes to the, the original question, which is how do you reach those folks? Because like you said, you got the historics and they got the behavior. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't have an answer for everything, but right. in life, I feel like everybody has someone, you know, my, my background isn't necessarily being a criminal, necessarily, you know, coming back up from, you know, rising from the ashes where now I want to go back and help the kids like that. There are people who, who that's their passion. That wasn't me. That's not my passion. But right. I, I have friends, I, you know, I got people from where we from yep. who I could teach that information to and they will go back. And, and want to teach that kid, mm-hmm. you know, want to deal with those problems because they can see that in themselves. Just not, just not me. Yeah, <laughs> just not me. All right. Well, let me get back to your story. I know we went off on a little tangent here. Um, so when he, um, so you got this information, you started your CD account and everything like that. So what was that, uh, the next job for you after you got received that information from that presentation? Uh, I became an insurance agent and a broker. So, um, and investment. So I had my series six license. So I would sit down with folks, help them with life insurance, you know, educating them, helping them with life insurance and helping them with, uh, some type of investment account. Uh, it could be, uh, a IRA, a Roth IRA, helping them roll over a 401k, uh, helping them with UGMA accounts for their kids. Uh, I really didn't do five two nines just because of my personal preference, but um, you know, if somebody asked me for it, I would. But so I was pretty much going around, sitting down with folks, teaching them, helping them get their own individual plans. Um, and I would, you know, do church, go to people's churches, teaching them. Uh, I would, you know, just go around, you know, wherever. I'm in Maryland, so pretty much going throughout Maryland. I traveled to what Ohio, training my my sister-in-law. So we were going throughout Ohio, you know, um, training her. So I would just, you know, sit down with folks and also had agents. So I was, you know, teaching them the same thing and they would go out and, you know, do the exact same work. Wow. So when it came to, I mean, I know you've been doing, um, so you just talked about insurance. What are the, some of the things that a lot of people or the common question about insurance or the myths that you hear about insurance? Um, one of the common questions is, is do I get anything at the end, right? Um, and unfortunately, and, and I, I get it because most of us don't know, you know, like why would I pay for something that I'm never going to benefit from? You know, I get that, but you got to look behind you and see who's behind you, you know? So again, I was programmed at 24, for this, if I'm talking to a person that's 32, 36, 42, 52, and they may already be struggling every day as far as finances, and they like, you want me to pay for something that I'm never going to be able to benefit from? But that just comes back from them not being taught this, you know? So again, I was taught at 24 that, hey, if something happens to me, I need to make sure that my family is okay financially. So the purpose of insurance as far as uh, life insurance, and I really, I call it income protection. The purpose of income protection is if anything happens to me, 
my income will continue to come back in the house for my family. As a man, and, and again, when I say family, uh, these the, the men and women, you know, they, they raised me. They they helped me be a, a man. And right now, all I do, everything I do is for my family. You know, so if I'm doing all of this work, I'm doing all this running around, talking to all these people, why wouldn't I make sure that if something happens to me, that they're 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 okay financially? So that's one of the things people ask, hey, you know, what what happens at the end? You know, well, either you're gonna be living, you know, and we don't have to worry about insurance, or either you're dead and your family's okay. Yeah, when it comes to um because there are two different types of insurances. So, you know, well, the two main types, I would say, uh, which is term life and then whole life. Um, can you explain a little bit about those two? Yeah, sure. Um, whole life, you're paying for two things, right? And I always, this is the same way I, I do it, and I'm doing it for a reason. Um, you're paying for two things. You're paying for a death benefit, and you're paying for a savings account, right? And what you do is they, they merge the two together. With whole life, you get... It costs a lot of money and you get a little bit of coverage. Okay. So, Anthony, let me ask you, do you have anybody that depends on your income? No. You don't? No. Okay. Well, say if you did, say if you had, you know, three kids, wife and three kids. Right. If you have wife and three kids, do they need a little bit of coverage or a lot of coverage? I mean, with that, I would need a lot of coverage, yeah. You need a lot of coverage, right? So, with whole life, again, it costs a lot of money, but you get a little bit of coverage. Mm. So for the most part, that doesn't, that that wasn't, that won't work for most people that have certain responsibilities, right? Okay. Um, the second thing is the savings account. The savings account that the money goes into. So again, it's two parts, death benefit, savings account. That savings account, it grows at three to 5% interest. Now, if we go back to the rule of 72, the rule of 72 say you divide whatever interest rate that you're getting by 72. So let's take three. Three goes into 72, 24 years. Every 24 years, that means that money is going to double every 24 years. How many 24-year periods do you have in your lifetime? Two. <laughs> Average. Oh, I mean, you know, life to expect to see a bottom more. I mean, just saying. <laughs> But my point is, I got you, it doesn't yeah. allow a person a lot of time for their money to grow. I see. Right? And, and with that savings account, the question is, how do you touch the money? The way to touch that money is, one, is if it matures. If that account matures. So it's a maturity age. Take a guess on what the age is. Or five years? F how many? Hello, five years to five. mature? How about when a person is... Take a guess. The age. Uh, oh, the age. Uh, like 72? 72. Right. How about 55? 55? Oh. 85. 95. Oh, 85. Jeez. Nine. Nine. 95. 95 years old, you can now touch that money. In 85% of the policies, right? So at 95 years old, what are you doing with that money? Right? <laughs> so, so essentially, the money is locked up. You can't do anything with it. Excuse me. Or you can borrow the money. But if you borrow money, what do you got to do? You got to pay it back. You got to pay it back at a higher what? Interest rate. Higher interest rate, right? So right now I'm educating you. You understand? I'm educating the person, but I'm also breaking down what, what the whole life policy is. So 
they got people paying something that cost a lot of money. You get a little bit of coverage. Now, when they got you paying for the two things, there's one thing, you got to borrow the money. And if you borrow the money, you got to pay it back at a higher interest rate. Right? That's whole life. A little bit of coverage costs a lot of money. Term, you're only paying for one thing, and that's a death benefit. So with term, you get a lot of coverage for a little bit of money. So what I teach is buy term, invest the difference. Meaning, get a lot of coverage for a little bit of money, and that money that you would save instead of paying for a whole life policy, take that money start investing it into the stock market. And we have okay. you know, help a person with that also. So now at the end of your 30 years, your 35 years, you do not have that coverage anymore. But as long as you've been doing the right thing as far as investing, you don't need that coverage anymore because what you are is self-insured. Because right now, Harlem is six years old. Malcolm is two. Mm -hmm. In 30 years, Malcolm will be 32 years old. He's no longer my responsibility financially. Right. So if anything happens to me, I don't have to worry about that. Ashley will be fine with our savings. I see. So it's just a simple plan, a strategic plan. To make sure that, hey, if anything happens, my family is okay. And I tell you, man, one thing that I'm grateful about as far as learning this information, I can go out the house every day and I know financially, if I don't come back, they're okay. And that's the kind of the, the mentality that you want to have for your family, you know? Yes. So, man, you, you're doing it. So what are, what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, infinite banking then? I haven't come across a person to explain it to me um, that... That's nobody has sold it to me. And, and again, because I'm a student of the game, I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm reading it. It doesn't, it, I haven't, I haven't come across anybody. And, and the biggest thing I have against it is the people who I see talking about it, they're saying, Hey, put a hundred thousand dollars, $200,000 in, put a million dollars in and you never have to borrow money from a person. Again, another entity you can borrow from yourself. Mm -hmm. But I've sat down with hundreds of clients, hundreds of family members or um, families across their kitchen table, and I, they don't have that kind of money to right. sit somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So I think in theory it may work, you know, and some people may have that money for it to work. But I've, I personally haven't seen a person's situation. Again, I hear people talking about it and they talk about their situation. But I, I haven't seen a person situation where it makes sense. Um, again, it could be a great theory, um, you know, in, in in the understanding of it that I had. So right. I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm sure somebody, you know, out there can say, hey, well, if you do this. My next thing is, well, hey, let me see your accounts because I can show you. My, <laughs> you know, I can show you my insurance policy. I can show you my, my uh, investment accounts. So it's is again in theory i get it but yeah. I, I haven't seen anyone execute it and again i'm not saying no one has hasn't but how many family members do you know that can put 100 grand a, right 100 grand in a, a, a life insurance policy and yeah i just haven't seen it work man yeah and then on top of that you hear about it all the time or see it a lot which is to go fund me for funerals when the funerals only cost no anywhere between two to ten thousand so if they don't even have that available how can you even get into yeah i'm gonna write that one down right <laughs> well because that's one of the that's one of the things that i talked about early on in my uh earlier episodes was about saving the money 
in your savings account, at least for your death. And you can do a transfer on death. You don't have to be married to the person. Just kind of have a TOD or, I mean, yeah, TOD is transferred on death or uh, what do you call it? P on D, pay on death uh, for your each savings account. And just have one savings account, just set up, put your 10,000 in there and just say, hey, this is to be transferred to the person that's set up in the will that's mm-hmm. going to handle the funeral expenses. And as soon as you have that death certificate, you can go to it, get your get your money paid out immediately and just mm-hmm. pay out the whatever needs to be done. Um, so that's one of the things that I I haven't talked about a lot, but I have talked about it before. And I, I think that is um, that's important. But also, it's something that we all have to think about. I mean, we're going to die eventually, which is the reason why I like to record it, because I like to get people's mindset about yeah. this education piece, because we're not going to be here, but the Internet. Uh, hopefully <laughs> there's no EMPs from the sun or something, well, uh, we, we should be good. Uh, and, and, and again, because I was in life insurance, most people were just not thinking about that, you know, and I, I get it again, but because I was around it, that's what gave me that mind frame. Okay. Oh yeah, I am going to die one day. Let me, you know, put some things in, in order. And, you know, when I'm sitting down with someone, all I can do is give them the information and, you know, let them do what they're going to do with it. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, like, we have it tough, even though it's an evergreen topic. Uh, because since we both in the financial space, I haven't been teaching people finances, except for the podcast, but <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, but I do have a, um, let's go back to your story. I know I like to love these tangents because you, you dove into everything that you learn or somebody has mentioned to you. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, how did you get into credit? and credit building and stuff like that. Okay. Um, it was, it was uh, God given because I was given um, uh, a name, John Henry Clark, right? Old historian. And this guy was just changing the way I was thinking, man, um, about us as a people, as far as blacks, uh, religion, just everything, man. And at the same time, I stumbled upon credit. And all this was on YouTube. So with credit, um, I stumbled upon, I called, you know, YouTube University. Um, and then the same thing I did with uh, the insurance business. I just started diving into it. I started finding books. I started reading just because I wanted to, you know, I, I want to make sure that I know what I know. I want to make sure that people are telling the truth. Um, and so short answer, YouTube university, I started, um, yeah, I I started learning about credit and it was just another one of them things where I was 2016, I was, might be 28. Oh, shit. I don't know, but (laughs) I I, I just realized how ignorant I was, right? So I, I, I actually, at one time, I partnered with a credit company, a company, um, and that's how my education went further. And really, they they taught me how to run the credit business side. So I was already good with sales as far as insurance and investments, but I saw their side, and I was just thinking with them, I can be, begin, I'm sitting down with families every day. Right. And sometimes they'll ask me a credit question, but now I, I'm at this, this company, I'm like, well, I can send them to y'all. Y'all can pay me a fee for that. So that didn't last too long as far as working with that company, but I learned. So just, it was more self-study. I started, you know, working on my own credit. I started buying the books. 
um, writing the letters for myself. And I was like, man, this stuff worked. My credit score going up. And, um, but they weren't just teaching me about credit as far as getting a high credit score. They was teaching me how to leverage my credit, my credit, leverage credit. And that made so much sense to me. It blew me away. We come from, you know, very humble beginnings where most people don't have any money. My parents um, didn't have a lot of money. Um, but if they would have known what I know now, they wouldn't be able to do, you know, so many different things. And, it, and again, it's just knowledge. Do you so, actually uh, teach your, your parents now about it? Um, my father passed back in 2017. Sorry to hear. Nice. But uh, my mother, she's heard it before, you know, but she is she hasn't come around to it yet. I mean, that's not even really our lifestyle. Yeah. Know? So she's, you know, you know, when you're a little older, you know, you set in your ways and everything. But 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 if she hears a conversation, she'll be like, you need to go talk to my son. You know what oh, I mean? Good. So yeah, yeah. She hears it, but actually instilling in her life, no. Now, because, um, I mean, you flew through a lot of stuff here, and I, I really want to backtrack because um, my the, a lot of listeners are very analytical. And um, <laughs> so when, it, when you talked about your, um, your letters and you were doing – uh, you know, working on your own personal finances when it came to the credit. What uh, do you recall when you got first introduced, like your first credit card? Heck yeah. $300, Frostburg State University. If you sign up for this, you'll get pizza. And I, I was, They gave you pizza? <laughs> yep, they gave us a, I don't remember what they gave us, but I know I was able to take it to the local pizza spot on Main Street. Um, so I got pizza for this credit card, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing I bought with that credit card. Uh, we were in the mall, and um, I was a computer science major at the time, and it was like a, a book on computer gaming. Twenty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents. I swiped that sucker. I never paid that twenty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> and from there, that's when I had bad credit. And they got you so young. Ignorant, ignorant, and broke. Right. That's what, that should be the title of this show. They gonna think I'm ignorant and broke. No, but no, let's it's, it's cool. It's it's fine. Ignorant yeah, broke. broke, man. Man, that's 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 majority of everybody's life story. And, and and just to think, and because you know, I talk to people in this in this field. I, this is just bringing something back to me. I never had a conversation with my parents about credit. And, you know, at that point in my life, right. no, nothing, not one conversation. See, my first card was a Zales card. And I remember that because my mom was trying to get me to get a credit card because she always had store cards. So she was like, yeah, get your credit started. I went on and got a Zales card and bought like a pinky ring. Because I was like, I don't really wear jewelry, yeah. but my mom was just really forcing me to kind of do that. So I, I went along and again, that $300, right? And I think I got a, a pinky ring and I think it cost about $200. It was a, uh, I don't even think I still got the thing, um, but it's a shame. And so, but her theory was, well, just pay a little bit over time to help build your credit. 
not knowing that zero balance is a balance. Mm-hmm. It builds your credit on its own. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. And But the interest rate, I don't even remember the interest rate. I know it was at least like back then it was like 35%. You know, they didn't care back then. Yeah, so. that's <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it's sad that they get us like this. Yeah, man. All right. Um. Oh, and when you talk about those letters, uh, can you explain to the people what you mean about the letters uh, to the credit bureaus? Uh, literally writing the credit bureaus, letting them know, you know, whatever the situation. So, um, um, back then. It was trying to, I don't I don't remember what it was, you know, mm-hmm. that I was writing literally, but um letting them know, hey, I didn't apply for this. Uh I didn't um this this um this balance isn't right, you know. Um based off uh, you know, the F F C R A, this needs to be deleted off my credit report. You know, and even at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just taking a template of what I had of, of a book and I just, you know, I was writing the letters and the, and the crap was working. Right. I'm like, man, you know, I, I, and again, I, I wasn't diving into it. I was just testing the waters. Pretty mm-hmm. much. So, um, yeah, I was just writing letters from a book that I got as far as the template and, you know, from listening to different things and say, you know, don't have it exactly make it sound like you're a regular person. Um, and, and it worked. Do you so still you happen write, to have that book? Yeah, it's probably it's on my bookshelf. Yeah. Oh, what you know what it's called? Um actually it's on my Kindle. So right. give me just a second, I'm gonna look on my Kindle and I'll um Okay. I'll well while you're getting that, um I just kinda say that uh for a lot of the stuff that's been happening um when it comes to the credit companies and a lot of people have been talking about getting their cleaning up their credit mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people just don't know how to go through that dispute process. And that's kind of what we're talking about here uh, for those folks who are unfamiliar with the dispute process. Uh, and when it comes to that, a lot of the credit bureaus now actually allow you to go to their websites, individual websites like uh, Equifax, I mean, myequifax.com, you have uh, Experian.com and TransUnion.com. Uh, those are the three major ones. There's at least five or six underground ones uh, like Lexus, Nexus. You got Sage. Uh, I forgot it was called Sage something, um, but I'll see block those as well. But we can talk about freezing credit a little later. Um, but far as uh, did you find a book? Yes. OK, uh, cool. And what's the name of the book? The book was... Um... How to Outsmart the Credit Bureaus, Corey P. Smith. Thank you. I'll make sure I put this in the show notes. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off on that one. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, they have a resource to go to to kind of read through and get some of this information because obviously we only can do with so much in this audio recording and video. So. Yeah, so definitely. My DIY book will probably be ready. Probably in two weeks, I think. Um, just want to make sure that is right, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it, oh, you're doing your own story. You, you're testing the waters. You are, you're already testing the waters. You're doing it. So you're the man. Working on it, man. <laughs> All right. 
I know we're talking about a lot of different strategies. Um, so while we're on the strategies, because I have a lot of questions coming through uh, yeah. before we start talking about the features of the uh, of the show, one of the questions that came across, and this is from Javon, he asked the question, what are some asset allocations in the mid-30s? Like in your, uh, say you're in your 30s and you're just trying to figure out your asset allocations. What are the best uh, strategies, in your opinion, uh, to allocate your assets? Uh, I think the first thing you want to do is you have to do like a risk tolerance um, survey because I'm risky, right? And then you, you might not be. So I can say, hey, I'm going to put my money into Tesla. Right. And you're like, I'm not fooling with Tesla. It's way too volatile. Elon say one crazy thing and, you know, it's going to go one way or the other. You say, I'm going to go with Ford. Ford is, is Ford tough. It's steady. It's going to, I know what my money is going to do. So that's the first thing you want to do. You want to, um, you want to, you got to figure out what type of investor you are. You know, are you a, a risk taker or are you not? Are you in between? Right. And, and from there, um, because from my background as far as doing mutual funds, I, in my opinion, mutual funds is for the person who want to make sure that when they get to a certain age, they got this. You know, so even you said Javon. Yeah. So Javon, if, if that's you, then I would say, hey, do a risk, a, a risk profile, find out what kind of investor you are, and maybe mutual funds may, may maybe mutual funds, you know, maybe the way to go for you. Um, but then on the other side of it, if you are, you know more of a risk taker, in my opinion, I'm invested in myself and, and now at that point. So um, my businesses, you know, things that I can touch, um, even even with my friends' businesses. If I see something that I like and it makes sense, I'm gonna put money there. Um, I'm, I'm ready to start a trucking company. But again, that's, you know, those are the type of investments that I'm making now. Um, so it depends on what the person you know, what their risk tolerance is. So I would probably have to have a little bit more information about what Javon's situation is. But if he's someone who just want to go home, go to work, go home, work, go home, find out what kind of risk take you are and, and get a quality mutual fund. Put as much money as you can in there. Um, and by the time you're 65 or your retirement age, you know, your retirement, you know, could be set. Um, if you want to do more, you know, start looking at other things, things that you can control, you know. Yeah. All right. Now, now you're hitting on one of my my uh, favorite topics is uh, when it comes to retirement. Do you believe it's an age or is an actual financial number? The dollar number. LeBron could retire. He could have retired when he started with that 90 million from Nike. Right. Right. So but in some. Yeah. So it's, it's a dollar. No, it's a dollar. Figure. It's a dollar. Figure. Do you have enough money to live off of it? Right. You don't you have to wait until a certain age. That makes sense. We were, like taught, we were taught, you know, because we're thinking. We were taught age, yeah. So security, so right. But we were taught wrong. You know, I, I, and I, that that's what the title should be. We were taught wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got you. I'll, I'll put something together. Yeah. We were taught we were wrong, taught. man. Yeah. Um, so that brings up to the next question. Uh, this is from Chona. 
Doctor, I see. Might as well call her Doctor Green. She's been on the show a couple couple times, uh, and her question is, how do I get more money? How do you get more money? I got plays for days to get more money. Um, first, you look at a person's situation. And this is honest. This is my business model. Mm-hmm. How to get more money, right? Um, I look at a person's situation. I'm Doctor Green. We're gonna look at your credit. And we're going to look at your money, how much money you have, how much credit you have, or what's your credit profile. And that's going to be our first step to see what's your next play. Then we find out what she's interested in. Is she interested in different things or is she more interested in money? And the reason I say that is somebody who's interested in money don't care what they got to do. They can be selling socks on the corner. As long as it's going to bring in the money that they need, then so we'll figure out that. Dr. Green, and then after we figure that out, so say Dr. Green say, well, I'm just, I just want money. I don't care, you know, how we get it. And she tell me she got, if she has a great credit score, her, her credit score is 800. But right, we're going to go leverage the banks. We're going to go to the banks and we're going to say, hey, you know, this bank, this bank, and this bank, I need um, 25 to 50,000 from everybody. And we're going to use that through our LLC that we're going to set up for um, and then we want to, you know, we can go get some trucks. We can go do some Toro. We can do, um, we can do some real estate. Uh, I have a lot of people on the other end of when I get a person through my program that I got investors waiting, you know, and they're waiting for money. So I got a developer. He develops land and he builds on it. So we get him the money. He'll buy the piece of land and he'll go build it. Once he sell a house, you get your, your, your portion back. So. Dr. Green, it just depends on a person's situation. If you have money, we can make moves. If you have a good credit score, we can make moves. Um, and if you don't, then I'll just help you with the, the credit restoration piece. And then we can, you know, get a person started. So right. that's so how you can make more money is leveraging. Leveraging, leveraging your credit or leveraging the money that you already have. All right. The next question is from Deborah. One, one she, oh yeah. She's a doctor. Right. <laughs> whatever whatever she she's a doctor in, she can teach that. You know, find some way to teach that. Get a podcast, get a webinar, she can leverage which ebooks. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in a whole new world. Yeah. Uh I did talk to her about bringing up um selling some of her dissertations okay. and actually uh running those out. Actually, um, apparently it's a whole market for that. So I didn't know. I talked to another doctor. He's a dual. He has a dual doctorate, and he was just telling me that's what he does. He just randomly, uh, people just come up and for X amount, several thousands of dollars, he actually leverages a dissertation. Which I thought was pretty cool. Because um, usually some of the schools will actually and they give it out for free. I'm like, well, he was like, why, why give out my free work when I work for years to get this? So, yeah. We just Maybe. got that concept, you know, right. mindset to monitor, you know. Um, so this one comes from Deborah is how much should I put in savings versus a TSP or 401k plan? How much towards our savings? Well, if you got like money percentage in, wise, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So if you got money in savings, the money isn't growing, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say. You can hit it again, t- risk tolerance. You can go three, six to 12 months, you know? 
as far as having that money under under the mattress. Times, you know, if anything happens, you know that hey, everything else is okay. As far as the TSP or the 401k, uh, 401k, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll always tell the person put up until what they're matching. So if they're matching you five percent, ten percent, but you got to put in a certain amount, then you do that up until whatever they're matching. Outside of that, you want to go get uh, a Roth IRA. That's a so the difference is just taxes. Um, one is tax deferred. One is tax free. Do the four hundred one k. Four hundred one k is tax deferred, meaning you don't pay any of that money back until you're ready to start pulling it out. Tax free, a Roth IRA. You're not. You don't have to pay any money on that money that you're going to be taking out of that account. Why? Because you already paid taxes on that money before it went in. So as far as the, the number percentage, that's based off of her, her lifestyle. I was taught um, to save until it hurt. So she has to ask herself, she has to look at her pie because her situation is already built. Mm-hmm. Walk into it. She has to look in her lifestyle and say, well, how much am I paying for housing? You know, I was taught to pay 30%, but she may be already doing 40. She might be doing 50. But if, but so, so depending on what she's doing, you do as much as you can as far as, you know, you're saving and you're investing. But you want to do the, you know, your three months, your six months, or, or your 12 months. Start, start, honestly, most people, I got to have them start at $1,000. They've never really saved $1,000. You know, and again, that's something yeah. that depends on the situation. But once I see the situation, that's because you got to meet people where they are. Right? So, in that conversation, I'm saying, I'm looking at your situation. Do you save? No, I don't have anything. All right, well, look, first thing we're going to do is save $1,000. You know, I don't want them to think they got to do 12 months, a whole salary when they've never saved $1,000. So based off of a person's situation, we want to start at 1000 three months, six months, 12. And as far as your investments, you want to do um, whatever percentage that the company may be matching. And then everything outside, outside of that is your Roth. Uh, all right, man, I, I have to say I do appreciate that because it's I like how you went in through the details because I, it brings up all these extra questions that surprisingly the way the order that I got these questions actually line up perfectly for the next one. So um, when it comes to that, when you talked about the retirement again, uh, say if somebody is at the age 35 and they want to know how much money do they need to retire at 65. Mm-hmm. That's the next question. This is from Roberta. Okay. Hey, Roberta, I have a calculator that I actually do. So I'll put in um, how much you, you know, how much you want to have as far as on a monthly basis, um, what age. So if you said she's 35, if she's looking to do it by the time 65, she's retiring on 65. Um, And then the calculator also should show her, hey, You're listening to the About That Wallet podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you tired of being broke? Is the month lasting longer than your actual paychecks? Well, get the Simple Budget Calendar. You can get the Simple Budget Calendar at aboutthatwallet.com slash shop and download your Simple Budget Calendar today. 
If you are enjoying this episode or finding anything useful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere on the internet. It is one of the best ways you can help new listeners find me, such as yourself. You can always support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash about that wallet or anchor.fm forward slash about that wallet. You want to have this money for the next 20 years, for the next 15 years, for the next 30 years. So honestly, I put it all in the calculator and the calculator will give us the numbers of what she'll need to live the lifestyle that she wants. Um, and then that'll let her know how much she needs to start putting away on a monthly basis. And after that, you know, we'll start having conversations on how to generate more income because that extra income will speed up her process. You know? Right. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I mean, they, this person, Roberta asks a lot of questions. So, <laughs> yeah, so most of these um, we kind of touched on but I guess we can ask directly. Um, yeah. You just kind of give like one or two uh, strategies for each of these that are coming through. So, I mean, they seem very remedial, uh, but no, I, no. I would, yeah. Again, we don't know this stuff. That's man. true. That's Not true. Is this and and again, we are not stupid. We are hardworking people. Mm-hmm. Some of this information was was it was hidden from us. That's true. It was hidden. So it's, it's not remedial. We just don't know. All right. So the first question, well, the, the next question on here is, what are the different methods used to raise a credit score? Um, I guess you can give like the top three. Yeah. Um, you want to get off the negative items. So you may have collections. You may have charge-offs. The negative items are collections, charge-offs. You know, you may have a bankruptcy, you may have um, any derogatory, uh, anything derogatory on your account. You want to get those off um, because that's what's taking down your score. That's that's one of the things. The second thing is you want to make sure that you, your utilization is at a certain percentage. Now, across FICO has been teaching, you know, you want to keep it at 30 percent, 30 percent is what is where you're not hurt, but it doesn't help your score. You wanna keep your percentage at 9% or lower. That's what's gonna help your score. So as far as a person may have utilization, like you said, when you bought that credit card, it was at, you, it was, the limit was 300, you bought it, bought a $200 item, now that's two thirds of it right there. Yep. Right. So that's 66%. Your credit score is hurting because of that. You want to get that $300, you want to get that to $30. Now you're, you're helping yourself. So the second thing is utilization. And the third thing is uh, building good, um, you want good reporting, good, good positive, you know, positive accounts. Positive accounts are um, anything over five years old, no late, so anything like that, you know, because showing that you are consistent. Uh, High limits. Here's a here's a, a secret or a tip. Say for example, you you had that three hundred dollar card, right? Yep. And I'm telling you that hey, Anthony, you need to get higher limits. It doesn't matter where you go as far as banks. 
only probably one may give you a higher limit outside of that $300. Why? Because they're going to look at your credit report and say, hey, Zales trusted him with $300, so we're going to trust him with $300. Right. Nobody's going to just go out there and give you $10,000, right? Right. So that's when you can jump on somebody's credit as far as authorized user, as far as buying it. You could do, you know, a family member or you can buy a trade line. Um, but just showing that, hey, I am responsible for a higher limit credit and, um, you know, and they'll be able to, somebody else will trust you with that. All right. So then her next question is, what is the fastest way to raise my credit score? I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think the, the first thing we can kind of continue on with is the trade line or getting on to someone's um, authorized user. So we right. can kind of start from there. Yeah. Um, but let me just go back as far as she's saying, what's the fastest way? That's not the right mindset. Right. And, and reason being, how long did it take you to have whatever credit score you had? Right. You know? Um, so let's, let's just get away from fast and let's do it right. Because anytime we try, a lot of times when we try to do something fast, it's not right. And it ends up setting us back. Right. So sometimes credit repair isn't fast because, you know, the bureaus or the creditors, they're not responding how you want them to respond. So it's, it's a process. So the process is, like I said, get rid of the negatives and add positives. Um, so you can put trade lines on there, but if, if a person are putting on a 15-year trade line that has a $30,000 limit, but if you're putting that on top of crack, it's not going to change much. All it's going to do is take you out of whatever money that you spent on that trade line. So again, you want to make sure that you clean the credit report first, um, get it you know, where you want it to look, and then you add, you know, you add that trade line. So it just depends on a person's credit. Example, um, one of the a client called me. It's like, my score is at 700. Why? Because they had a clean credit report. They just didn't have much credit. Mm-hmm. I was able to get them a, a trade line. For, so they went from 650 to 700, you know, in a matter of like two or three weeks once that trade line reported. But they didn't have anything negative. Right. Oh, it was okay to put that on top. But if a person got, you know, a lot of issues on their credit report, you don't want to just put a cherry on top of crap. Like, yeah, I want, I'm trying to envision this cherry on top of crap, but, you know, <laughs> I like that. Uh, so then I'm, I'm going to do these questions out of order because it, it kind of brings up, uh, she has at least good six, I'm on, well, at least 10. Uh, but that goes back to what you were saying. If someone has, now this is her next question. She said, like, I have some savings, no debts, no credit score. What are the steps that she should take to establish her financial history uh, to be more appealing to lending companies? Great question. So you want to you want to start, um, what I would do is I will go to her local credit unions, right? And open up, excuse me, get a loan. So I know other credit unions have it, but I'm going to use Navy Federal because I know what it's called. Navy Federal has a something called a pledge loan, right? With the Navy Federal pledge loan, what you do is it's a secured loan. So you have, a, she has some savings. So you take that savings 
and they say, hey, give me, if you want to, you'll do a thousand dollar pledge loan. Take that thousand dollar pledge loan. Navy Federal will take that thousand dollars out of your account and they will give it back to you in your checking account. That's them giving you a loan, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to give you a loan at say 2.5% interest. I, I don't know what the score is. But now with your credit report, you now have a loan for $1,000, right? Now, every time you pay that loan back, Navy Federal will give you your money back. So now, instead of getting a $300 credit card, where now people only want to trust you with $300 anywhere else you go, people are going to trust, you know, they're going to trust you for $1,000, right? But Navy Federal, remember, they they put that $1,000 in your checking account. Right. Take that $1,000 out. Go to another credit union and do it all over again. So go to three of them. So now you have three credit lines on your report reporting at $1,000. You still got the $1,000 in cash. And you just pay that back. So now you got three lines saying, hey, you know, she's responsible for this $1,000. Instead of $300. Yeah, that's one of the a really good strategy. I haven't heard, I haven't come across that one until last year. Okay, and, I was, was and cool. there's no inquiries. Right. No right. See, these are some of the strategies that I, I like to hear, <laughs> and it's good that you came across it too, because not too many people uh, talk about these. Yeah. Um, teaches this. The bank's not going to teach us. Oh yeah, they ain't going to teach us. Uh, all right. So now her next thing is I'm flipping things a little bit uh, on her questioning because the next thing is about stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first one that she has, well, obviously, again, I'm doing this out of order. So I'm going to try to start from the beginning here. And it says for someone who has no knowledge about stocks and bonds, what would be the first steps to take to get into it? learn educate yourself we are in the age of information we can learn anything that we want to right now you know so if if so you have one or two options if you're going to trust somebody with doing it you're not going to learn it well three options you can trust somebody and learn while you're doing it two you can just trust somebody all flat out and let them do it or three you can learn it for yourself and, and actually do it yourself um, we are in a time where, you know, you can open up a brokerage account and you can trade or, you know, you can buy stocks, you can buy bonds, you can buy whatever you want in that brokerage account um, practically for free, you know, compared to what what it, what it used to cost back in the day. So um, you, I would say, ask yourself, what type of person are you? Are you someone, again, are you going to, do you want to just go home after work and don't have to think about money? If that's the case, then get a get someone who can help you in that in that regard. But if you want to take the time and learn it yourself, you can definitely do that also. So um, you know, if she wants, I can she can reach out to me. We can have that conversation. And if she wants to, you know, just sit on the couch and you know have somebody else do it, that will work. And if not, I can actually teach her, train her, get her license. Um, I'm not going to train her. I have, you know, one of my agents train her. But, uh, you know, teach her. She can get her own license. She can get paid to invest her own money. There you go. So it, it's up to you. How do you want to do it? Awesome. 
Next question. What is the difference between stocks and bonds? Stocks and bonds. One is equity, one is debt. Okay. A bond, a bond is say you want your, your podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, you want the podcast to go national, right? And what you need is marketing money. So you can, everybody that you text this morning about the questions, you can say, hey guys, I got an opportunity for you. I got a bond that's going to give you guys 3% if you give me X amount of dollars, right? So you want to collect all of this money and you're going to give them back their money at a certain time point with interest. And once that money is, once that is done, once you pay that money back, you've paid back that debt to them with interest. So that's a bond. You have government bonds. You have, you know, different bonds. Bonds are safer because I don't want uh, yeah, safer. We can say the word safer. I yeah, it's safer. You know, but bonds are safe because you're using the debt of most of the time a huge, huge institution, right? And the institutions are using that money to build, you know, whatever they're using that money for. Now, equity, equity, which is a stock, so a bond is debt, and someone's going to pay you back a certain percentage as far as interest. Equity, stock. Stock is saying, hey, I have an idea or I want this podcast. You give me a certain amount of money, and you're going to own a, a portion of this company. So if you buy a piece of, if you buy a stock of a share of Apple, you own a piece of Apple, right? Apple can go down tomorrow, and you don't have anything. But if Apple go up, you have something. So now you own a piece of it. So if you bought Apple at $100 and now the share is at $150 because you purchased Apple, you now own, you still own a piece, but it's worth more. So equity, you make more money, but it's more risk. Well, stocks, you make more money, but there's more risk compared to a bond. Nice. Equity and debt. Next question, uh, since we are talking about stocks here, with the trend of the meme stocks, would you advise going into it? Would you advise going into it? I wouldn't, <laughs> because I don't want to be responsible for somebody, you know, I don't want to be responsible for that. I'm in a few of them myself, you know, and right. amongst my friends, if I'm having the conversation, you know, I, I'm not... A buddy of mine called me, one of my best friends called me the other day. It's like, AMC. Uh. And he's like, what would you do if you got an extra thousand dollars? And I, I flat out told him, I said, invest in yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? Invest in yourself. Because you don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't have a clue. You don't have a, you don't know what's going on with this conversation. I had to break it down to him. I, I told him, I said, just imagine if one of you, if, if, if it was a fight that broke out, like most of the times we're we're taught not to walk towards the fight. We don't know what's really happened. And that's what's going on with AMC. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fight going on. And I'm like, yo, don't put your thousand dollars in there when you don't know what's going on. And his whole thing is it's going to a hundred dollars. It might. But how would you feel if it don't? And and the day after it dropped down a little to bit. like twenty dollars, yep. <laughs> he said he went through so many emotions because it went up to like 35 or 40 
and then it dropped down. If so, first he was cussing me out. Then he was like, I knew I should have, you know, he was happy. But now it's back up to like $56. Like, you don't know what's going on with that, right? So, and I already know his situation. He's not watching it. Mm. You know, so he's not trading it. He's just going to sit his money in there and just let them play in the streets. Man, go do something else. If you're not going to watch it, if you if you don't have a strategy for it, you know, leave it alone. Or if you're not going to cry over it, you know, you're not going to cry over it. I, I got... Um, I'm not even going to tell him I don't want to influence anybody. But percentage-wise, percentage-wise. Percentage? Yeah. Do you say like uh like maybe 2% oh, or I'll just tell you how much I am uh, cash. Um I put like five hundred dollars in a food. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cause I wanted to be a part of the conversation. I was because like, <laughs> I am watching it. I'm like right. that. And and actually I had I had it was freaking doge, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the only reason I'm saying it is because I got it a long time ago. Let me see. Yeah, because I, I do talk about stocks on my Thursday episodes, and okay. it's been a continuous topic. I mean, it's, it's great that we are, um, you know, having those conversations now compared to, you know, before. But I bought it back in July 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And, and because I'm always searching, you know, and I'm in different groups and listening, and, and I bought $100 at 0. 0.00333. <laughs> right? So it wasn't nowhere near a penny. Right. And when that sucker jumped up to $75, I didn't even do the math to see what I would have had if I didn't sell it. Wow. So... When that happened, you know, I was like, well, it's going to fall back down. And I let it go all the way back down. So I got back in at 28 cents. Okay. You know, so whatever. But if a person doesn't know, they don't know, or if they're going to, they need that money, I would say, man, invest in yourself. And so when I say invest in yourself, invest in educating yourself about it. There's so many different classes about cryptocurrency, about, you know, just stocks and bonds, period. And it sounds like that person probably needs that education anyway. So learn it, because once you learn it, can't nobody take it away from you. You can make money, you know, gobs of money, you know, after, I mean, after that. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's one of the things I try to stress out a lot, especially with the books, and that's why I always recommend, um, I think it was uh, T.D. Jakes. I was listening, scrolling through on Instagram, as you know, everybody does. Uh, but one of the things that he said uh, in the very beginning of the clip was that in order to lead, you need to read. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that's that's pivotal right there, because once you get the education, like you said, it's free. You you already obtained it. You already gained it. You got and, it. Um, and I think it's what the Joker talked about it on one of the Batman episodes. It's like, well, I got the information. Why would I give it away for free? So he let the the crooks fight over it. Or who's yeah. going to get the information? Yep. So it's, and that goes back to like how you said with the leveraging uh, before with the credit. Yeah. Once you have that information, you can now leverage your education and let the banks or whoever uh, not really fight over it, but make some decisions, some life choices mm-hmm. uh, based on that leverage of information. Uh, all right. I think I'm going to because you did talk about the cryptocurrency, which is which is one of her questions. The last question that's on here um, is what are the things I need to write off my business expenses and what are the methods in doing so? 
get a tax professional. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a tax professional. I have one. Right. Um, one thing about me, I stay in my lane. Mm. You know, I kind of interested in taxes, but not to the point where I'm gonna start studying it. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not a tax professional. So uh, I'll ask them thousands of questions. You know, hey, can I write this off? Can I write that off? But I don't want to give advice about something that I'm not, you know, that I don't do. Um, get a tax professional that you trust. Uh, I'm, I'm huge on referrals, you know. Um, just even with this podcast, I probably wouldn't have did this with a bunch of people, but just from our past, you know. Right, right. Um, good peoples. Okay. So find somebody who's, you know, good in business. Ask them, hey, who's your CPA? Who's your, your, your tax professional? And, and reach out to them, you know, that way. Fine, but good help. You know, you definitely want to get good help as far as that. That's not my lane. That's smart. Yeah, because when, when you're in your own lane, there's no traffic, right? There you go. That's true. That's true. Now, uh, I do have a question because like, before we get into these features, because it's one of the things that um, would actually line us up for the future is inside this information age, do you feel that having too much information has made us dumber? as a society? Uh, I wouldn't call it dumber. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I have a theory that people are people, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, back in high school, I used to talk to everybody, right? So you yep. got different cliques, mm-hmm. right? I, but I talked to you. Right. right, but then I'll talk to this person over here and this person over here, and honestly, I think that's life where you got all of these different people, but we're all the same, mm-hmm. right? So, you got some people back in 1950 who's procrastinating, they still going, and you got people that's procrastinating now, they just got yeah. more knowledge. You got some people who didn't, you had eight personalities who don't need to know nothing about it, just gonna run through the brick wall. And you got people that's doing that now. Right. So so I I don't I wouldn't blame it on the, the information. I just think it's who we are. We are we are people who, you know, we do have information, so we are able to, you know, do some things with it. But some people gonna do it with it and some some aren't. Some people wanna seek it out and some aren't. So I, I wouldn't blame it on the people, I just think it's human nature. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about um, that recently of, I was taking it even to the basic concepts of like babies. So if you give a baby like one toy, they obviously know, okay, that toy is for me, I'm gonna play with it. But during Christmas time, it's overwhelmed of information and what, yeah. which toy to pick up? Do I pick up this one for a couple of seconds to go to this one? They never took time to really dive into what the, what the gifts that are given in front of them um, or do they attach it in different stages, you know? With that, I think that's where you just use wisdom. Obviously, babies aren't, you know, so wise, but as adults, you have to use wisdom and say, okay, I'm not ready for this, right? Mm-hmm. So I um I during the during the pandemic, I started trading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I haven't dove into it as far as learning it because because it's in the financial field, I feel like I can teach it, but I haven't. I haven't dove into it at that point. Why? Because I got other things that I'm looking to do, you know? So 
Trading is on the back burner for me, but I think that's something that we need. That's something that I, I could add to my programs if I wanted to eventually, but I know now isn't the time because I got other things that I, I, I got to focus on. So just like you said, with that baby, it's a you can get money, millions. Of you know what I mean? But you do have to pick one. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't picking one. Right. But again, that's not, you can't, I don't blame that on the education. That's just the, the person. Okay. The information. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I do like it. Um, so, all right, let's get to the features. I know we talked about strategies, uh, majority, a lot longer than I, I thought we would go to. But I, I like the show. I mean, this conversation is great. Um, I can sit here and talk all day long about this stuff. Um, but I noticed one thing since we were talking financial strategies, um, you talked about budgeting for a hot second and i do have you know i'm gonna be my own personal plug here is i do have a simple budget calendar uh, that kind of talks about at least aligning people up where they are today uh, and physically map out um, how they're going to plan out their future and also uh, put inside their retirement is there something out there um, that you see that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to budgeting budgeting <laughs> just, just the fact that doing it <laughs> yeah we don't sit down and actually do it you know and right. and again when i was doing well you know and doing life insurance sitting down with people like that's one of the most intimate conversations you can have with people right mm -hmm. so sitting down with them and you're you're trying to get them to buy a product but you really don't know what their finances look like and sometimes it, it will hurt me and sometimes it wouldn't so and I'm a pretty direct person. I had to learn to, I had to learn to do this. But you know, after time, you keep getting your head on something. I'm like, well, do you have a budget? Mm. And if you don't, let me let me figure it out. Why? So I can make sure that you keep your policy, yep. right? And and that's what I was doing. But it was able to open up so many different things. So if you ask most people, they'll probably say, and I ask them specifically, do you have a written budget? I'm saying written. Do you have a written budget that you follow? Mm -hmm. Most people say they don't. Mm -hmm. And they don't even understand why it's important. Why? Because it's just they're not aware. So the most important thing is to actually do it. So I actually I sit down with folks um, and I do a spreadsheet with them, you know, and it's a spreadsheet that we share. And uh, I, I'll pretty much I'll get their information. And, you know, find out what their weekly pays are and go through it with them because I want to show them how to do it. And I'll do it for six months mm -hmm. as, you know, I have it six months out. And then after six months, we'll come back to the table and say, hey, is this legitimate or do we need to adjust some things? If we need to adjust some things, we'll do that. And I'll do it for another six months. And, um, you know, that's that's how we, we work it out. And in that budget is 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 debt. It's savings. It's everything because mm -hmm. we want we want you to tell your money where to go. You don't just want the money flying, you know, everywhere. And most times, I tell everybody, most times when I'm sitting down with someone and we do a budget, that's when we see that hey, you need to make extra income. Facts, yeah. Because <clears throat> that's what um, that's one of the reasons why I came up with the simple budget calendar in the first place was because that was something that I did personally. And then I've been doing it for years, yeah. but I'm up here thinking like, well, isn't everybody else doing this too? 
And then when I started teaching other people, because they were coming to me like, yeah, man, I'm still figuring out how to get from paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, well, you need to write down everything, you know, on the calendar and just kind of map it out. And then once I taught them my method on how to use the budget, on how to use a calendar to budget, they were able to free up, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand, a couple hundred dollars uh, per paycheck um, and save the, and started building up their savings and so forth, just because they were able to see where they at. Um, yeah. So free. Yeah. So I, I got, I mean, maybe we can uh, share after this, uh, you know, we can uh, probably talk some things afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the features. Um, now, when it comes to your kids, you got kids and wife. Now, how are they receiving this information uh, now that you're in this financial space? Um, it's not now because I've always been in it. Practically. Right. Yeah. So um, six year old, he knows about. Uh, well, first of all, my wife, we both got our license together, our insurance license together. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so we were, and this is this is one thing we were I mean, we were so blessed because we learned about money together, and we both received the information at the same time. You know, um, I am more analytical as far as numbers. You know, I'm the one to do the budget and stuff like that. But in my house, there's no fight hmm. because she understands. You know, she might not be as interested in the, the the process. She's definitely interested in the result, though. You know, so I'm, so in, in in just talking to a lot of couples, that's where a lot of people are off, where they're just not on the same page. You know, and that's that's tough because if you you know a lot of people they'll say she's the spender, I'm the saver. That's fine mm-hmm. as long as you understand what you can spend. You know, that's that's where it gets a little murky, but um. Well, for those for those couples that that are having that, um, what are what are some of the strategies for them, like going forward? Like, say if they listen to them right now and they having some of these money conversations and they don't even know how to bring it up to their spouses for the future, like what can they do? Um, I mean, honestly, I think you got to have a a heart to heart conversation, you know, um, with your spouse, you know, significant other. And, and just let them know, you know, how you feel. Hey, babe, you know, I don't think we're going to make it if da da da. I think I think we need help. You know, I mean, it's it's a hard conversation. It could be a hard conversation, but with hard, beautiful things come comes from most hard conversations. You know, and if the relationship is solid, then you probably should know what it's going to look like. You know, they might be twitching, they might be uncomfortable, but you know that person. Hopefully, you know that person. And you know pretty much how they're going to come out at the end. So I would say have a conversation with them. I think we need help. Call, um, you know, they can call me. They can reach out to, you know, somebody that can actually help them if that's not their, you know, their wheelhouse. But I think that, but really, they need to get help. And, and the reason I say this is because in anything, if it's, if it's their car, if they aren't a mechanic, they will go to the mechanic. You know? True. True. Same thing with your finances, same thing with your mind as far as a therapist, all of that stuff, man. If, if you don't, if it's not in your wheelhouse and you're not trying to learn it, then go ahead and seek out help. Because at the end of the day, you just want the result anyway. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and get the result, pay whatever you got to pay to get the result, you know, vet the person, you know, whoever it is, make sure that, you know, quality work will get done, you'll get the results that you want and go from there. Nice. 
All right, I'm sorry. You can continue with the family uh, finance because that, that was pretty interesting. So yeah. my wife, um, again, I, and I tell, I, I used to say this and it was like a little bit uncomfortable, but now she gets it. And I, 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 man, my wife made my life so easy, you know, mm-hmm. because we're just on the same page with stuff. You know, last night we was, she was doing um, some balloons and she asked me, like, you feel like helping me? Like, no, I don't <laughs> At all, but I said you got to ask the right question. And she asked me. She said, "Can you help me?" Sure. I don't want to, right? You know, but for you, yes, I'm going to help you. And that's just how we, how we roll, man. And then again, just makes both of our lives simple. But as far as the finances, like, and she just want to see me win. She want to see. That's part of me being happy, doing what I want to do. So you know, she's my ear. Um, you know. All my little crazy ideas, like, you know, cool, I'm with it. What You know, because she trusts me. Um, and as far as the kids, my six-year-old, he's not interested in this crap. But he's six. He's not supposed to be, but I still know my job, and I'm programming. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, a, uh, what's a liability, Harvey? And he get a little attitude, something that costs us money. <laughs> but I get it. But when he's 10, he's going to be a beast. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, he's in training of something that he doesn't want to train for. But if, if nothing else, he's going to be able to, you know, know how to control his his finances. And the two year old, he's just two. So he's right. You got him like a little bank and anything like that. Say that again. You got him like a little bank or something where he just put no, his money in. No, oh. not yet. Well, yeah, a little piggy bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he'll, he'll know. Cool. Um, what is a. Uh, I mean, I know in the future, try to think about um, what are the hardest things that you can think of right now for your family that you trying to make do as far as like financially set them up properly in the future? Hardest? Uh, honestly, I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything hard. You know, I just think it's time, time and, and, and work. You know, and honestly, I'm at the point where because I'm I'm trained to work how it works. It's not hard. Nothing, not hard. I, yeah. Let me just say, I don't know. Because okay. I don't know, you know, I don't, as big as, as big as I think now, I don't have, I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not thinking like Warren Buffett. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't know what's on the other side of that to say, you know, something is hard. But the path that I'm on is just staying steady, you know. Mm. Stand steady, and then maybe uh, something big will come up, and then that might be hard. But right now, as far as the, the things that I have for my family, is I wouldn't say hard because one of the things is having that discipline, mm. and I already have that side of it, you know. Um, so it's not like I'm not transitioning to nothing new right now. Um, maybe if I was transitioning to something new, um, that would be the case. And honestly, I don't plan on it because I'm, I'm more interested in the money. It's not the, it's not the, I don't have something, like, I don't need my name on, you know, something necessarily. Uh, I want to make sure that the kids learn and understand money. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to pass them down, you know, some assets, money and assets. Um, and then I just want to be able to ride off in the sunset, you know, help, help some people and ride off in the sunset. It's not like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, is yeah, because I'm not a huge operations guy as far as 
I want to make sure that this is done and this is done. Like I hired somebody for that. Right. I want I want my freedom. <laughs> that's that's what I want. I want my freedom. So that's what I'm working towards. Not to be able to do nothing. Gotcha. So that's um so where do you see yourself? Well, not yourself, but even the business itself, um, maybe within the next three to five years. Um OMG, so right now we have we have three businesses. Um OMG, uh, Owens Management Group. That's my real estate, you know, company. And that's pretty much I don't plan on selling that. I think that's the that's for the kids. <clears throat> Buy, you know, buying properties, you know, and that'll be, you know, assets for them. Uh OMG approvals. Um that's my my baby, and I say that meaning like I'm interested in you know the financial literacy part. I, I love teaching. I want I, I want people to be able to you know learn about how money work and then apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I've set up a whole system as far as hey, let's get your credit right, let's get your LLC set up, let's you know get you funded. And then let's get you become an investor. So I got all of that set up. So I just want, you know, people to continue to graduate through it. And um, three to five years from now, honestly, I don't know, because I don't want to say, I just want to still be doing the work. I might want to, you know, do the work at a bigger scale, meaning, yeah. you know, like you are saying, if you're a principal at a school, you had a good, good group of kids. You know, I want to go in there and be able to teach them and, and help them with that mindset. Um, I just want to honestly stay in my lane of the financial literacy, teaching, supplying, giving, you know, giving people what they need as far as the services. Um, and, you know, and just let it grow from there organically. Um, but right now I'm not seeking out, you know, a, a um, contract with Chase, you know, gotcha. bank, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. I just want to do the work because man, we're so far behind. You know, definitely. Um, yeah. So but but one thing I know in life, those things will come as long as I keep doing the work, you know, and right opportunities will come. And, you know, somebody want to give me an idea. Like, Yo, you should do this. And it's, it's going to fall into what I'm already doing, you know. And, uh, you know, that's so that's what I, I want to do. So even, you know, thinking about it going that far, I want to just be able to help people with their personal finances, because it's hard to run a business if you don't have your personal finances together. So true. You know, so I just want to help people with that mindset, um, you know, and just be able to connect the dots as far as different resources, just to be able to help us. Because I'm telling you, man, I've been in a place where I wasn't financially secure. And it sucks, you know, and, and you're not able to move how you want to move. You know, and, and compared to just one or two different ideas in a few disciplines, that's not hard. That's simple. But some of us just don't know. And yeah. that, that's the one I want to reach, the ones who don't know and that's willing to go. If they don't want it, they don't want it, then I'm not going to beat their head, you know, try to beat my, go get gray hairs because they're not trying to get it, you know. I've, I've already tried that when I was younger. It doesn't and- work. And that's one of the things that um, I was talking to someone about recently from the business perspective is 
um, when you look at your followers on Instagram or when you look at the people that are following you on Facebook or any of these social media platforms and the information that you're putting out there, do you try to get more listeners or more followers or are you focusing on the people that are actually for you from you, uh, for all the information that you willing to give from the beginning um, instead of wasting the energy on the time on the people that you haven't even reached yet and actually dive into and try to give more to the people that are listening. Um, no. that's, yeah. Say it again. It's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. If you got 200 followers and you put information out, you know, you only get one or two likes, but if you got 2 million followers, you want to get more likes. And then, and, and when I say likes, meaning I'm talking more business, you know? Um, so with that, you gotta, you have to, to me, you have to grow it. Right. I've never been a social media person. Mm-hmm. But in starting and deciding to, you know, in deciding to um, present my business, you know, more to the world instead of just offer referrals. And, and, and um, COVID did this because I'm not going to people's houses anymore, right? So I got to get new people, new clients. Um, so social media is what, what happened. But... With that, I stay in my lane. I've hired somebody to do that. You know, I just give them my ideas and they do it because art gives me anxiety. Me trying to figure <laughs> out all that stuff. Oh, man, it, it, it do. So it, it's slowing up the process. That's not my lane. Same way I was telling somebody as far as the finances. If, if, if this is going to give you a, a headache, a migraine, then find somebody to do it. Me trying to do the social media stuff, man. That a that a that a like and literally I get anxiety because I'm bad at it and I, I know it so that's one of the reasons I, I never really did it because I wasn't good at it but then I just thought well hell just pay somebody who's already good at it to get your information out so that's what I'm doing now I'm I'm building my um I'm building my um my uh, my brand you know online and um, it just it's going to take time you know but. Because I already, I think I got the easy part. I already got the information, you know. Um, so I already know how to. It's just actually, you know, getting it done. And part of it is time, though. So I do want a huge audience, just to answer your question. I want a huge right. audience. I'm working to build towards a huge audience. Um, but at the same time, you got to feed the people who, you know, who's already, you know, who, who attention you already had. Yep. And that, that's one of the the key things there is just continue to feed the people. And I'm sure there more will come. More oh, yeah, come. yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Is there anything that you want to share with everyone uh, before we move on to the last four questions of the show? Four questions. Um, just, yeah, go, speaking of growing your audience, go follow. Guys, anybody listening, do me a favor, go follow OMG underscore approvals. That's me on um, Instagram. OMG underscore approvals. Uh, go follow for um, financial tips there. Uh, on Facebook, it's under my name, Jahan Owens. <clears throat> but then go follow my go follow my uh, business page, OMG approvals. Uh, and actually, what I'm doing is, and this is really cool to me. Uh, I think it's cool. I'm doing, I got a Facebook group, OMG Approvals group. 
And what I'll be doing there, it'll be a group where I'll be teaching, right? And I'll be teaching about budgets and I'll be teaching about life insurance. But I want to build this community. Uh, I don't, but but that's that's all I'm going to be teaching. I'll have somebody in there teaching about Roth IRAs, about investments. I have somebody teaching about investments. And I'll also have somebody in there teaching about taxes. I'll have somebody teaching about real estate. So it'll be a community where, you know, people can come in and they can learn about um, different finances, right? Um, personal finances. But eventually I'll get to business also. But my ultimate goal here is I want us to be able to learn, but then also have somewhere to go where they can, you know, get get help as far as these different services. So again, my, my passion is teaching, right? Um, so again, being transparent, this is where I got to get out of my comfort zone. So I was just getting, getting on the, um, getting on the, getting in front of the camera. You know, honestly, for me, this is nothing. But just okay. standing in front of the camera talking, <laughs> weird. You know, but I, I know I got to do it just so I can, you know, improve. But yeah, so go follow, you know, OMG underscore approvals. Find me on Facebook, Jahan Owens. Join the community uh, really soon. And I got some really dope people uh, around me that, you know, that's going to be teaching. Everybody is passionate about it. And for the most part, none of us knew this stuff until we knew it. You know, yep. so now that we know it, we just teaching, you know. Yeah, it might be uh might have to make a, a stop by and uh you know give a little something on there. So let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, when it comes to you talking to yourself, I actually have like a little bear that oh. uh that kind of keep me going. <laughs> so when I am talking to myself, that's who I'm talking to when I'm talking to that's, the camera. That's cool. Right. <laughs> that's cool. I like All that. right. Thanks. All right. So these final four questions, you ready? Yes. All right. What does wealth mean to you? Uh, wealth to me means time and money. Right? Okay. Um, and honestly, I can't think of maybe in my maybe 37 years, I had probably, and they're probably not even original, but I, I can't really think of any original thoughts that I have, right? So I don't even want to sit here and take credit for it, but that was something that was taught and I liked it. Time and money. You can't, how can you be wealthy with a whole bunch of money, but you always got to work? Right. Right? That's true. Um, same thing with time. Like, if you got a whole bunch of time and no money, you ready to go back to work. <laughs> so so when I say freedom, that's, that's what I want, man. I want time and money. I want to have the time to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I want to have the money to do what I want to do with whom I want to do it and help who I want to do it. So to me, wealth is time and money. And somebody's going to say, well, you got to be healthy. Well, that's part of time, you know? So to me, wealth is time and money. All right. Number two, what is your favorite financial book or not or non-financial book? Favorite financial book? Um, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of the first books I read as far as finances. Um, and I was like super interested. Uh, again, when I was in college, I was just going to college because that's what they taught us that we were supposed to do. So I tell people I went to Frostburg to party and play football, right? I did both pretty well. Um, but outside of that, as far as school, I didn't have an interest, you know? Um, 
I wish I would have known about that I loved finances because that's, you know, that's what I would have majored in. But I looked at the board and saw, okay, computer science is what they pay the most. I'm going, yep. you know, that. Man, when I was in front of that computer, it sucked. I hated it because it was, it was a whole other language. And if I go back in, in time, I never did good in languages because I never studied. You talking about like Mr. Morrow's class, like computer science class? <laughs> so I, I never studied. So yeah. so none of that stuff, it, it didn't work out for me. But obviously, if I know what I know now, I like helping people and I'm interested in finances. So I would have went to school for finances. Um, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then also another great one. And again, because I'm a stickler for budgeting, is the richest man in Babylon. Um, and, and there it teaches that, you know, you got to be aware of your money. But, but not only that, you have to have your money working for you and just the way that they break it down. I, I love I love a book that has a story. You know, that's I, I hate textbooks. But if you right. throw a story in there and you're secretly teaching me, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I was looking if I still had uh, Richest Man in Babylon, but I think I gave that away uh, to my barber. Okay. Um, because it was a uh, it was a nice thin read uh, for those of you who haven't read it yet. It's a uh, very old timey, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can listen to it on YouTube. I usually yeah. listen at uh, times two speed. So I've never done that, but I've I've listened to uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad over and over again. I've listened to Richest Man in Babylon over and over again. And one thing, one tip I would do, one tip I will have, you know, for your listeners, is to listen to it in the car especially when your kids are listening, right? I mean, you know, when your kids are in the car too, um, because they soak up everything, even if they acting like they don't, they don't hear. And one of the things in my, while I'm in my car, I listen to something called Success Now Music, and it has a lot of different speeches with music behind it, you know? And what I'm trying to do with my son is, you know, obviously if it worked, if I thought this worked, teaching them and teaching them and talking to them and talking to them, but eventually he's going to drown me out. So I just try to get other things around him that's saying pretty much the same thing to where as long as he get it, I don't care where he get it from, you know? Um, so just keep having him listen to these different things and eventually he's going to show, you know? Yeah. So diversify the education. Yeah. yeah. See, man, it's, we can talk for hours, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's go for the next question. Uh, number three. What did you learn from your worst job? I was thinking about that, man. My worst job. <sighs> My worst job. I really didn't have a worst job as far. Yeah, I can't say I had a worst job. But I would say from McDonald's, which was my first job, I learned how to mop. Hmm. Right. And, and just something as simple as like, dang, that's what I took away from McDonald's. I learned how to mop a floor. Right. Because nobody prior to that, I was 16 years old. Nobody took the time to show me how to mop a floor. Right. And one thing that I, I, I take from that is you have to teach your kids everything. Hmm. And if it's not you, you have to get them taught somehow. So maybe you might not know how to swim, but you better go get them a swim coach. You know, and. And that's our jobs as parents to prepare them for the world. And at that time, I wasn't prepared. So somebody literally had to take the time to show me how to mop a floor. <clears throat> but the, the other jobs, because I was always selective with a job. The other jobs, all they taught me was, I know I don't want to do this. 
you know, my whole life. So while I was on, I would select jobs where I didn't have to think a lot. Right, right. Because I didn't want it to take away the brain power of, you know, having my own businesses. And one of the best jobs that I had was delivering. And in delivering, that's when I was able to listen. That's when I learned about credit, when I was just mm-hmm. in that truck listening. And I was listening. And I would literally have like eight hours of just being taught something, you know. So honestly, I, I can't say. It was one job I quit the first day, but I don't even remember what it was. But I knew I didn't come. Oh, I was standing on the, the conveyor belt. Yeah. But I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> so I, but yeah, so. But the jobs that wasn't suited for me, I knew that I wasn't going to be, you know, doing them because it, it wasn't purposeful for me. Man. Yeah, we, I would like to dive into that, but I know we're running up on time here. Yeah. Um, so the last question that I have here, I usually ask about uh, your favorite pastry, but right. you say you don't eat pastries. So what is your guilty pleasure then? Yeah, so so it's not that I don't eat pastries, just I don't have a favorite pastry. But my guilty pleasure is, um, excuse me, my guilty pleasure, I would say I eat, I don't eat dessert, right? Mm-hmm. So my wife and I come from different houses, different backgrounds. <clears throat> They eat dinner. They looking for dessert, right? After I eat, I'm good. I don't. I don't want nothing sweet. But if I'm hungry, I'll probably eat a whole anything. So if it's a whole pint of ice cream, a whole whatever it is, I, that's when I eat my sweets when I'm hungry. So that's my guilty pleasure, I guess, eating sweets when I'm hungry. And I'll eat a. Like I'll eat probably like a half a cake, you know. <laughs> But if I'm if I'm if they're not, like if they're like a go-to, if there's nothing in the house, would you go out and actually seek something? No. What is, what is your go-to there? Like sweet? Yeah. Uh what is it? Cinnamon rolls. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they, they you know like a dollar. Maybe the, now they probably like two for three dollars. So I'll get two packs of them. If I <laughs> get something to drink and, and I'll probably eat what is twelve in a in a pack. Well six in a pack, but I'll get two. And I'll probably eat nine of them. In a driveway in the house. Nice. All right, sir. Um, so where can people find you out on the internet? I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier with your tags. Can you just plug it one more time? Yep. Um OMG underscore approvals. OMG underscore approvals. And on Facebook, Jahan Owens, and my business page is Owen OMG Approves. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, join the community, guys, because once we start dropping content, it's going to. It, this is so cool, man. That I know this. This is going to be life changing to people because we don't know this. It, it changed my life. Yeah. You know, it changed my life. So um, get connected. And again, I want to build a community because I don't want to be the only one teaching. Again, I'll have other teachers, but I want others in the in there saying, hey, I did this and this is what happened. Because, you know, behind these institutions, you know, they have their own secrets and they're not just giving them out. We got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we can figure it out together. Why not? Yeah. All right, you heard it from the best folks. All right, Johan. Well, again, I want to thank you again for your time, for your information. I'm sure a lot of people got a lot of information from this. And if you felt as though that you really enjoyed this content, 
please go ahead on either like or you can share it um, or even just send it off to someone else to let them listen to it because this has been uh, quite a journey for the both of us as we went through this whole process. And we learned a lot from Johan, uh, from his company. And I really think that this is something that we can all grow from and learn day to day, because I think this episode is going to be one of those that you need to listen to over and over again mm-hmm. and really uh, save for, for forever. Because I mean, money is an evergreen topic. I mean, yeah. money's green at this time right now until we find it digital, but you know, we'll get there. <laughs> All well, thanks, right. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for, uh, you know, asking me to come on. Thanks for your time. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of About That Wallet. I hope this topic was helpful. If you want to get the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Remember, it is your duty to know about that wallet. Take care. Be safe. I'm out. Peace.